Brayden, I think I figured out why you uh, why you don't like maple donuts. Because they're bad. Nope. <laughs> nope. Why is that? <clears throat> because maple donuts are basically donuts, but with sauce on them. I mean, in, the, in as much as chocolate donuts are donuts no, with sauce on. No, because chocolate can be chocolate without being sauce, but maple is a syrup. I mean, I like syrup uh, on pancakes. No, 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 mm. no. Maple glaze is no different of an item than chocolate. You look at look frosting. at frosting. It's frosting. Yeah, look at your average bar donut. Your maple bar. bar your choco donut. bar. Yeah, yeah. Those are the same viscosity. Those are the same solidity. Those are the same. I made some assumptions and I regret them. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting to talk about this for like five minutes. <laughs> Listen, you, you thought you cracked this case. <laughs> Braden and I just sat there poking holes in his bag. <laughs> I actually want a maple bar now. Somebody. Someday you're gonna have to. I mean, here's the thing. This is a perfectly acceptable podcast where uh, we, the Comics Place, every week get a bunch of books on Tuesday in our fantastic bookmobile, bring them upstairs to <laughs> organize, put them in our subscribers' files, check out all the cool covers, maybe glimpse a butt or two. <laughs> then, after we're done with that, we take all home all the books that we want to read. All the butts. <laughs> and all the butts that we want to glimpse at. Books and butts. One of the ones looking. And, butts and, butts. <laughs> and then we come back here to our Sanctum Sanctorum, the games room, if you will, <laughs> to record a podcast where we talk about the books, the shop, employee life, and the comings and goings of our lives yeah. and sometimes other yeah. people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Brayden, and I. Uh, Traded Pokemon cards with someone for the first time since like elementary school today. Ooh. My name's Jeff, and I just thought of a good nickname for this room: the Coliseum. <gasps> <laughs> My name's Django, and I learned how to play Pokemon six days and five hours ago. Wow. My name is Roman, and I I don't know a thing about Pokemon, but I'm looking forward to learning. Episode sixty. <laughs> Episode uh, we're going to be talking about the Punisher two nineteen. Also, we're going to be talking about. Uh, the Invader Zim, number 26. Uh, Judas, number one of four. Uh, Grave Trancers, number one. And Mr. Miracle, number five. Braden really pushed to be introducing Grave Trancers. He's a Grave Trancers Oh, guy. yeah, I crave Grave Trancers. <laughs> grave, cra- grave Craver. Grave Trancers. Uh, we're going to be talking about these books. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the details. Shit out of them. This we're going to talk the shit out of the details out of these books. This is not going to be a spoiler-free review of these books. No, that's... Uh, no, if you want a spoiler-free review, go watch the trailer for the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's full of fucking spoilers. I got my tickets. I'm Ooh, seeing it tomorrow at 8.30 it. with Ashton. It's coming out Anybody tomorrow. Anybody want to come? I know. I want to go. I, I want to come. I don't know if I can. I do, I but do, I but can't. I don't wait, think I can either, and it's, I hate movies in packed theaters. Yes, yeah, Punisher two nineteen. Oh. oh, oh, wonderful book! What a wonderful book! I didn't read it. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, well, what, well, what'd you like so much about it, Brayden? <laughs> well, 
Uh, liked, give me a one to ten, Braden. Uh, eighteen out of oh. uh, thirty. <laughs> oh wow! It's like a four. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's, that's like a six. I read the last issue, and I thought it was pretty cool, but now he's got the suit, and what's he doing with that, guys? Can I say spoilers to everybody? Yeah. Um, spoilers. This is better than the last issue. Really? I think so. What did you guys think? I was more confused. I don't know why really? he's in Russia, and I kept Because there's on... children. Yeah, because <laughs> the kids that went missing for Nick Fury, who gave him the suit, I assume that this just followed up on that. So he basically flies into Russia and finds this farm with this... Guy's getting accosted by some government figures, and he kills them. He takes the fuck off of a guy's head. Did you see that? Yeah, he just what? punches the dude's head off. Yeah, but, like, there are nerves and yeah. stringy bits. There were children involved? I just knew he was going to Russia because that's where Petrov is. If there's one thing that the Punisher doesn't stand for, it's missing kids. I was going to say children in general, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> and the first page of this oh, has plan. a shot of him in his armor, and it worked a lot better for me than the reveal of him with the armor at the end of the last Yeah, this was much better. When did he have time to figure out how to fit a t-shirt over Iron Man armor? Yeah, exactly. He That's cut the sleeves good. off, he painted the skull, he put it on, <laughs> it looked tight. He probably had to return it If you don't think he's... Size. Always carrying that stencil around with him wherever he goes, and you've got another thing coming. Do you think that... No, he probably works out enough that he doesn't ever need to change his shirt size. No. Or his shirt. Man. So, yeah, this basically is Frank Castle showing up in Russia and saving an old man farmer who didn't want to give up his blighted crops to the army because they were rude when they asked. (laughs) Punisher kills everybody who showed up to get his crops, and then... While he's burying them, uh, sets some traps, kills a whole bunch more of them, and the old man dies in the battle, and that's that's about it. Um, the the amount that it fluctuates between looking like a guy that's not Burnthal and a guy that is Burnthal is a little confusing. It's a weird Iron Man mm, really? armor, right? I, I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah, no, uh, he's got that Burnthal nose on him. Yeah, and like well, there's yeah. Shots where it definitely looks like him, and there's just yeah shots I felt like where it didn't as much. Do you think that's uh, he's not as pretty as he is in Platoon? No, but the, he's <clears> still <throat> pretty. There's still there was a couple shots where I was like he's kind of oh man, there. that's two heads. Yeah, well, did you see the head? I did he, the, the 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 flam head. Yeah, this whole page is John <laughs> Barenthal. Yeah, almost like traced. Right? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, I want to hear you go back to what you don't like about the war machine, the the, <gasps> pu- the punny war machine armor. Pun pun. Um, Good night, pun pun. pun. It's not that it's bad. It just doesn't look like it was it just War Machine armor yesterday that he stole. Like it looks like every aspect of it is a little bit more punishered out. I, it it doesn't look like it came out of Stark yeah. facility. Like it, it oh. and it's just a little menacing. It's not sleek in the way he is. Again, War Machine isn't necessarily sleek, but oh. it it just seemed like a pretty. I, I don't know, like a. I don't know how to describe it. It just seems like a little dirtier, you know, because it's Punisher. Punisher. And it's not that I don't like yeah. it. It's just it seems like metal exoskeleton with big guns and not Iron Man armor. Um, listen, I'm flipping through this right now, and it looks like he throws a tractor at a tank. Yeah, but that was that, that was the old farmer's tractor, and he needs Nick Fury to reimburse him oh, for that tractor. Well, sure. Well, he did until he died. But I think it's uh, I think it's great. <laughs> I think the shot of him picking up the tractor there and then boom. Just tossing it tell you what this whole thing happens because this old guy doesn't want to give his farm away to this government and at the end that guy dies but he gives punisher his farm (gasps) 
So I, like, is Punisher going to run a farm? I love we don't the know because Punisher him... doesn't say anything about it. But I don't know if the seeds of this are just going to be at the end of this guy's run. He Wait. goes back to live on this farm, <laughs> and that's. Does... But I also just love the idea of Punisher having a Russian farm. Did he give him like the deed to the land or something? Where he's like, "Hey, yo, this farm is yours." Now. That's no. just how America it's just works. Russia. Just, this is in. It's in your name. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay. It's a. It's a oral agreement. And but well, I love the fact that he does that. That. One of the things I loved in this issue was that Punisher and this old man, this old man used to be a soldier in like three wars. And I love the fact that Punisher respects this guy enough that he, he's like, I'm Frank. Yeah. And they sit down like on some lawn chairs with the war machine armor standing behind him and talk about the situation there and his, his homeland. And, and he gives him that farm because as he's dying, he's like, you know, I was a lousy farmer, but I loved being able to pretend to be a farmer and that peace that idea of peace and he's like you know take this What's maybe you can about, have some uh, peace too pretending here is yeah, he pretending pretend. there's no soldiers oh, okay yeah yeah pretending that he was I, I, I'm reading it out of context and I thought he meant you could pretend to be a farmer Frank <laughs> yeah <laughs> just do it if yeah, you had Tony Stark go a little bit crazy this could have just been a Tony Stark story hmm. this was this was not not the Punisher for me I didn't uh, didn't really enjoy it was it hashtag not your Punisher it's not there, there's not a single goddamn alley in this whole thing He's on a farm. Oh, yeah, he's, he's in a Russia. Mistake farm. number one. <laughs> put him in a put him in a Russian city. Blighted rows of corn. Well, can that'll be... be the next issue. He's got to <laughs> work his way in. Russia's a big place. He's got to work his way to the I just, city. I just, I don't like him in the armor. I think that's kind of silly. Um, it it just doesn't work for me. I, it's written well and it's entertaining, but it's not a not a Punisher comic for me. Hmm. I guess I'm more interested in this, like him with armor, because I like what is Frank Castle going to do with way more power than he has? We've seen what Frank Castle does with the power he has. He's he, going to forget mm, to turn the safety murder. He's going to not know how to turn the safety. That off. was that was the only silly part for me, where I was thinking, "Come on!" The Punisher tells the old guy, "There's no safety in something like this." Yeah, it's like, "Come on, Frank! Frank's Frank's well acquainted with weapons, especially munitions." Safest guy he, I know. He, yeah, he, you would think he would know that there's a, <laughs> there's a safety. Safe Frank. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I like that, safe too. Castle. Safest place you could be. <laughs> yeah. I like that, too, the idea. Like in here where before, uh, after he gets hit with whatever from the tank or whatever. A um, tank it, shell? It, it, yeah, a tank shell. There we go. It knocks out the systems for a little bit on the armor, oh. and it doesn't slow Frank down. He's just like, oh, I can't use this, can't use this, and he just uses brute force. Because so he's got the power to do that now. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, though. In terms of, like, comic booking, I think that was a poorly laid out scene because <gasps> you get that information from a text piece that's, like, an alarm going off in the suit, but it's the bottom right dialogue balloon on the page. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot – it's right there, and it starts like oh. – And, like, I think I read the first, like, third of that balloon and was like, all right. And then I moved to the next page. I got halfway down the next page. I was like, oh, his suit is paralyzed – it was like rebooting, and then I had to go back two pages. That's me because I didn't finish reading that panel. But I think that like that attack wasn't very clear in terms of what it did and what the ramifications were until they had already happened. Well, yeah. Any any time you say the percentage of power left in an Iron Man suit, I stop reading that balloon. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's a straight up That's, rule. Yeah. And, and it in fact it wasn't that there was percentage of power left. It was like things were frozen or something. I don't know. That is a real small complaint. But that was that was a thing where I was like, oh, what? I lost. Needs to get more RAM in there. Exactly. Mm, I give this one uh, eight, eight, eight castle walls. Wow. I'm an octagon. I'm protected. Wow. I'm Ocho gonna, walls. I'm gonna give it uh, very 
very solid five moat alligators. Mm. This is a pretty safe comic we got. Motigators. Um, love when he looks up and he's so Barenthal there. I'll, g- I'll give it. I'll give it seven uh, uh, arm launched missiles. Oh, <laughs> can't seven put those in Barenthal a castle. Noses. <laughs> Bring you. Um, um, yeah, we'll go with a seven. Okay, I'll read it. All right. Um, no, I don't think we talked about who wrote that. That was Matthew oh. Rosenberg. Uh, with who? Who drew that? Who drew uh, it? Where's the Matt Rosenberg, who you usually like more oh my than gosh. five. I do. Who wants to try and pronounce that? The first it's, name. It's uh, UU Villanova mm. with Lee Lurie John Colors. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, call in and correct us. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> if your name is UU. Or call if, in. If correcting us is what you need to do to call in, um, please <laughs> do that. But calling in for any reason would be awesome. Just, um, Justy's Midnight Rangers. What are we doing next here? Did you guys read any Invaders Zim really? in- comics today? Yeah, uh, I sure did. I and read, then I, ma- I made Roman read it I too. Read my first ever exposure to ve- Invaders in. Yeah, I was uh, I was running an experiment because it's a very uh, nostalgia based comic. Invaders in. I I ran an experiment. Um, I made Roman read it, who has no experience with Invaders in whatsoever. Whereas I watched the cartoon growing up, and I've got that. Nostalgia for it. So yeah, that's uh, that's Invader Zim. Uh, this this issue was uh, written and drawn, and also by Sarah Grayley, who wrote and draw drew uh, Kim Reaper, which I really liked as oh. well. So I was happy to see her doing more comics, especially Invader Zim. Um. So Roman, what did you think? I liked it. It, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't. I don't. I'm not sure quite what I expected, but it wasn't. I didn't expect it to be so. Goofy and cute and adorable and yet dark. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird kind of balance they tread in the show and like. Yeah, it was more absurd than I than I expected. Yeah, and there's it's it plays a lot on uh, Earthlings just kind of being stupid. Yeah, and yeah. like like the whole time like nobody realizes he's an alien even though he has like green skin and is very obvious. Yeah, and no, and none of the classmates realize that even once they kind of reveal it that his little buddy. Um, is a robot. Yeah. In a really bad human disguise. How charming is Gurr without the adorable voice? Percentage Less charming, but it's easy for me to put that voice in there. So I imagine maybe not as much when he says kind of the stupid things. Like, it makes sense when you think it in his voice. But Can we hear it in his huh. voice, Braden? I know you're a master of... Ooh, I, uh, yeah, I, I really want to hear the voice and now. And it's, it's like... Yeah, it's like a robot voice. This was pretty fun, I thought. Um, I haven't read all of the Invaders Zim issues that have been out, but I pop in every now and then. Like, Casey Green did a couple issues that I wanted to check out. And Jordan Vasquez, who made the show, did, like, the first few issues, I think. But I always enjoy it when I check it out, and I I love the show. So I am i don't know if you have to love the show to enjoy the comic is the thing. And that's something that I'm always thinking about, like, with Power Rangers, Invaders Zim, and, like, Fultron and stuff like that. But, what about Steven Universe? Yeah, Steven Universe is really good, but it feels like something you would have to watch the show to yeah. get. But Yeah, I didn't think so with this. I mean, I enjoyed this. I mean, yeah. the stuff with the muffin gun. and I mean, and you guys like Red Rugrats, too, and you guys yeah. like that. So. Yeah. yeah, the muffin gun was I cool. love the muffins burning his eyes. Yeah, that was <laughs> a really good one, getting him in the eyes with his, like, burning, fresh hot and muffins. And for me, since I had – this is the first Invaders in I've ever, ever – tried i had no idea it was a complete surprise to me at the end when gur 
takes off the human, rips off the human mask, mm-hmm. and then he, and I hadn't realized he zips up his hoodie, and it's a dog, and everybody instantly, and I was like, oh my god, that's so cute, and, <laughs> and what? They all believe he's just a dog, even though he was just talking to them. <laughs> and the his thing voice is, is that cute. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that everybody in this issue just loves Gur. Like he's just cool. Like, yeah. And that's like in the show, like you've got Zim and Dib, and they're like the rivals trying to get rid of each other, but. So Nobody cool. likes them, and they're all annoyed. But like, like Gur is often mischaracterized as just kind of like random, funny, whatever stuff. But he's usually just trying to have a good time, and yeah. people like that about him in the fiction of the universe. Yeah, and sometimes he gets fun. like hostile and dark if you're getting in the way oh, of yeah. him having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's adorable, Django. I actually think you would really like this show. I'll, I'll put it on the list. Do yeah, it. it's a it's kind of a gross show, like like turkey the, necks and barf. Like, like you'll they'll Eating be in school organs. and you'll just see like stains on the wall. Oh, like yeah. it's just like the way it's drawn is just kind of gross. Oh, the germs episode. <clears throat> oh man, germs. The, oh, the lice one. Like God, how it's long, great. How long has this been around? The show. It aired when I was nine. Yeah, they did like three or four seasons, um, yeah. and now they're doing like a, a new movie or something. For I didn't it. know that. Yeah, they're working on something. I bought all the DVD releases when they came out. Oh man, my so, friend had a bunch of them. So I forgot. Is is Gur? Did Zim like create Gur? No, These. Zim's Zim's bosses. <laughs> I just remembered how he got. Yeah, Zim. <laughs> <laughs> His bosses. They're assigning all the invaders their planets, and they're giving them all these high tech robots. And then they don't like Zim, and they're just trying to get rid of him. They're like, "Oh, go go deal with Earth or some some planet they haven't even heard of." And. When they give him his robot, they just take like a defunct model and like throw some garbage in its head. They and give throw it to like him. yeah, a paper clip and like a gumball and some garbage <laughs> into his head, and that's what his brain. They just kind of drop it in front of him. So it's good, and Gur is great, and he's actually in that dog costume for most like throughout the series. Like that's his normal disguise, but I guess he wanted to go to school, so he dressed up as a human. So you'd say Gur is good. Gur is great. Uh, yeah, Gur and Gerb, which is what he goes by <laughs> as a human. <laughs> but no, I I give this uh, a solid nine out of ten. I think it's a great Invaders in comic. Romy, wow, um, jeez, oh, not that you have to. Like you know, I it. think it's funny. I, I'll I'll also give it a seven because I enjoyed it just as much as Punisher. Completely different books. Very different. No similarity between these at all, <laughs> except they're, they're both metal. That's true. <laughs> That's a good. Gur is also a war machine of sorts. He and is. A play, he, yeah, he is. Um, and <clears throat> also a series that has many medals in it. I don't oh. think there's any medal oh, in this comic. Never at mind. All. Sorry. This Judas will... number one by yeah. Jeff Loveness and Jacob Rebelka. I don't think they had medal in uh, Bible times. <laughs> you guys <laughs> they had bronze. This is a book I was pretty excited about and ended up liking it even more than I thought I would. I was not really excited for it. Yeah. But then I kind of liked it. I got like halfway through it and I realized something about myself. I really like biblical fiction. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in church and learning all these stories and never really viewing them as truths or anything just sort of like these are crazy stories and like if i'm supposed to believe this then give me some context for it and there was never good context like Mm. there was never information around these stories to make me believe them and fictionalized bible stories like create that context Mm -hmm. and it's usually more interesting than what was going on in the bibles at the time but there are like some fucking crazy bible stories yeah like 
like Sodom and Gomorrah and shit, mm-hmm. or even just like yeah, if you get Old Testament, Ark, shit, that's Old crazy. Testament giants, like it is awesome. I I don't know this this is what made me like Prince of Egypt. I love that Disney movie. Like I just really like <laughs> biblical stories, especially if you like fuck i'm 15 degrees you yeah know? if you just like look at kind of what's going on around the stories that they show in the bible so yeah this basically takes up um telling the story Where the bible lives off <laughs> judas iscariot uh kind of telling a sort of three-leveled parallel story ab- about judas but it primarily takes place after he betrayed jesus and attempts oh, to spoiler. hang himself oh sorry Jeez. jesus <laughs> dies <laughs> um, yeah, and, and judas betrayed him but it's his like journey through the afterlife but also kind of coming to terms with always being the person that was going to betray jesus and like what that means and and how does somebody try to reclassify and understand their life knowing that they were meant to play this horrible role in ultimately betraying the son of god and and knowing that jesus like knew that about him like he he gets he wrestles with some pretty unsettling thoughts like i'll tell you what i don't get real excited about frank castle shots but the shot of jesus opening that door i was like Damn, Jesus is hot. The, <laughs> the big one of yeah, like, where he's reaching fold. out his yeah. hand. Ooh. Yeah, that's like, a really nice he, picture. The art in this is spectacular. Like the art is gorgeous. It looks a little bit like Fraser Irving, who we had talked about on a Black Bolt oh. issue a few months ago. It like, makes me think of uh, Stefan Sejic, who did yeah. the Star of Art. But like, if somebody turned the lights on in the room. And he does Sunstone, the porn comic, and he's doing. Oh, then it's definitely not him. I was gonna say I can't see that. Definitely not him. It's whoever drew uh, Starve by Brian Wood. I never read that. I think there's a very good use of colors uh, between settings and like. I thought that was names or something. Yeah, I was really into the whole like black halo behind his head, Mm -hmm. which like mirrors shots of jesus and he's got a golden yeah i forget yeah. what that's named there's a name for that illuminated halo behind the entire head but he has just i mean a, i think they're just og halos one. yeah i think yeah, actually never mind that's what they were is calling it, it when they're painting it on walls yeah i don't i don't know mm-hmm. they're they, yeah they are just beautiful they there's this one panel where he looks like christopher lee then. young christopher lee oh he does look like christopher lee yeah Jesus. He does. No, Looks like Christopher Lee. He's got yeah. a nose that's half of Jesus the height of his head. But yeah. <clears throat> and that's what I like about this guy's art is it's very realistic while also not being. Like, there's a guy who's, like, Jesus is portrayed as, like, half of his face is the height of his nose. <laughs> it's, it, like, yeah. that kind of cartooning is why I like Kyle Baker so much. Uh-huh. Like, this, at first glance, you're like, oh, yeah, that's almost photo real. And then you look at it and you're like, there's... That is so exaggerated, yeah. it's impossible, but you still, like, you translate it as a very realistic, like, it, it just, it it gets input as something other than what it actually is, I think. And, well, and, and even beyond, like, his character work, the way that he portrays, um, like, the negative paranoia that he encounters, and it's like... It's these weird black tendrils that expand mm. from beyond him, and they kind of crawl onto him, and he starts having these thoughts, and they get deeper onto him, mm-hmm. and they just expand all over his face when he's having these like really paranoid, critical, um, you know, like "f you to Jesus" thoughts. And it's just, it, it's it's a really interesting story. I like the idea of taking a, a counter look at Judas Iscariot. Like I, I was really into this, and I don't know where it's gonna go. It it has some pretty like mythical elements, and then also has some like not mythical stuff. But I, I really don't know what direction it's going to go. I'm not much of a church guy. 
Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of the Bible stories, but I don't really subscribe to it. But I felt like this, yeah. like this, has the potential to be super blasphemous and rude, and it's not. So to I, me, anyway. I know a lot about the Bible. <laughs> I'm kind of a Bible guy. One like of those, I'm, uh, I, think, I think I've read most of it. Like. Yeah, if not the whole thing. Yeah, I was a pretty, I was a pretty big church boy. Yeah, so so like we're kind of Bible masters. I was an acolyte for a little bit. I used Is to this a Pokemon candles. thing? I again? was an apostle. <laughs> um, I, I was a bishop. <laughs> I was an archduke. Um, <laughs> and actually, as far as I know, this is just word for word a lot of it. So I don't think it's blasphemous if you're actually. Does the Bible follow Judas afterwards very far though? I think there was a book of Judas that like got I, I cut think, yeah, from there, the Bible. There's some there's some books that all that stuff I was just saying wasn't true, but Braden is right. There there are some books that aren't included in the Bible, and yeah. I think there was a book of Judas. I think so, or it may may have been like written later, but yeah. it just seemed like like these are very real questions that you would ask mm-hmm. if, once once you realize that that you'd kind of been duped by Jesus into yeah. doing this this kind of shitty thing to a guy that you maybe didn't didn't actually want to do it to. And then I love that this guy shows up at the end. Yeah, this, like, anti-Jesus or and something. He, like, he says the same thing the to Judas, and Judas responds exactly the same. Like, I will uh, follow him. Oh. What, what are you talking about, this anti-Jesus? Him? Yeah. That's Lucifer. Yeah, that makes sense, the anti-Jesus. Sure. But, but Jesus said, come, follow me. Oh, right. And same thing. Yeah, and it's him. I'm being saved by his voice. So, I, I really liked this book. It also like, the art was gorgeous, and it was there was no page that I turned to and went ugh, like because there was so much text. Like, it was a book that demanded that you sort of like breathe through it, and that is definitely the kind of thing that I really like. Did anyone. you guys read the uh, interview at the end? Yeah. Yes. I thought um, where he says uh, exploring the debate of like free will versus de- determinism, which I think was. Something they kind of hammered in a lot when I was going to church. Like, you've got everyone has like a predestined like role to fill and like discovering that purpose and stuff. And it's like, so was Judas's like purpose to like get fucked? Like, that's what he's saying. That's why yeah, he's so angry. So I'm, I'm really, I think that's a really <clears throat> cool thing to explore. And I'm glad yeah. this is doing that. I give it an 8.5. I think like art and storytelling, it, it, matched really really well together so not very few complaints um i'm right there with you i'm gonna give it 8.5 mm. black halos oh i played bass in black halos mm. <laughs> i'll give it an 8.9 oh mm. who the hell do you think 8.9 you are? black halos <laughs> uh I'm gonna give this a ten. Woo! I didn't. I didn't. Heavens! I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, and I'm gonna go back and give Invader's name a ten too. Actually, I'm. I, th- I think I need to be more generous with my tens. Fuck Look it. at cool. that! All right, I All like right. it. Sweet. Are you on the pot? Nah. <laughs> Weed? Nah, man. <laughs> no, <way>, my dude. <laughs> no, I'm just. Uh, I like. You like books? They're perfect. Everything is kind of perfect. I'll be the Lee acceptable part of this podcast. Damn, oh <laughs> my the perfect God, part you of this guys. What? It's time. I'll knock my up. What? Ding, ding, ding. What's time? Fucking what time is it? Load it up. Time 
for a big old biggity buckshot round. Oh, I got chocolate over my. It's pants. also around. The- <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> oh, I got chocolate all over my pants. <laughs> Roman, this is the buckshot round. <laughs> be be buckshotter. I'm not okay, ready. Okay, <laughs> so Roman's back. So we're back to our minute thirties. Uh, thanks, Roman. Um, I can step out. <laughs> no, 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 no. We no. like your back. Go wash my pants. Um. So, minute 30 on the clock. We're going to talk about a variety of books that we read this week. Oh, Rome or Jenga, I think we're both going to buckshot at the same thing. Oh, you want to do it at the same time? No. (laughs) Um, I think we're going to say different things about it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Did you get spilled chocolate on your fans? Just about. Jenga Born. Oh, I'm starting. On the clock. Oh, no. Okay, this is uh, Michael Cray by Brian Hill with Warren Ellis and N. Stephen Harris on art. Uh, I really like the story here. It's, um, oh, the classic dead, dead, uh, dark. What is his name? I don't know. Dead man. Dead man. It's not dead man. It's the guy from the Wildstorm universe. Dark man. Who is uh, in this, in an alternate DC universe, and he's killing our favorite heroes. Last issue, he killed Green Arrow. (gasps) This time, he's supposed to kill the Flash, who's a bad guy who kills people. Um, But... Uh, he's not going to do it. I think he wants him on his team. The uh, the writing is awesome. The art is pretty bottom of the barrel for me. Um, I really wish the art was better. I also read Smoke Town, number five, uh, from Scout Comics. It's by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Scott Van Dominlin. Uh, this is... Uh, this is a really good book. It doesn't have any right to be this good. It's from a company nobody ever talks about. It's from creators nobody's ever heard of. It's... But it it feels like a fully finished, very well thought out, very well done kind of crime, human trauma story. I like that one a lot. Uh, Maestros, number three, by Steve Scroach and Dave Stewart. Phonographics. This is uh, beautiful. It continues the story of the Maestros, who has been, uh, you know, fighting this whole time. It's gory and bloody. And, uh, like... I have to stop talking. I have to go. I gotta go. <laughs> oh my god! I think my bomb's coming. <laughs> uh, I guess now I give it points. I forgot. Yeah. To do afterwards, that. how about when we finish, we give a score to each one? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so Michael Cray, I'm gonna give a seven and a half. It would probably be a nine or a nine and a half with better art. Smoke Town. I'm gonna give that. Uh, I'm gonna give that an eight. That seems high. I I'm having a really hard time wrapping my brain around how much I like that book. And uh, Maestros, I'm going to give a solid seven. Um, mostly for the art. The story is pretty good, though, too. Um, question about Maestros. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> can you rank the, f- the first three issues in terms of how much you liked each one? Uh, I like the first one. Well, yeah. One, two, three. Okay. I, I have a question. Yeah. What, uh, which, which issue of Smoke Town was that? Five. Oh, five. It, I, I was hoping it was a one. When I first got them, I thought they were one shots, but it turns out that they're all kind of interconnected and really solid. Hmm. Okay. Um, Roman G. Statler oh, on the clock. Go. All right. Uh, bug number six, the last issue of that series by a whole mess of all reds. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah. base for them. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's such a fun issue, and you get more insight in, into Bug, uh, why he knows so much about Earth. This wraps up the whole adventure of him and the talking teddy bear and the spooky little girl. There's references to Camus, which is pretty cool. He faces off against the villain, 
And they'd have a little homage here on this page to a issue of more fun comics, I think, with the Spectre in the 40s, with the Spectre smashing the Earth into this other dude. A planet? Yeah. He's Black Racers in this. It's got all this great New God stuff. A lot of fun. Great wrap-up to the story with a nice, real metaphysical twist at the end that I Ooh. didn't expect. Um, new Superman number 18. I really enjoy this book. Uh, it's by... Where's the credits? Jin Yang. Thank you. Yes, that guy. And it's very well written. It's a fun book. There's a Justice League China. They've teamed up with this with the Justice League of America to fight some ancient Chinese evil gods. And there's been a plot line through here where new Superman is uh, mastering all his different powers, and he has to do that by using some I Ching methods. And at the end of this one, he finally succeeds in incorporating all his powers and his insignia changes to this cool yin-yang combined with the S shield. And it looks really groovy. Um, I want to give it a credit, but I won't. Action Comics number 993 uh, by Dan Jurgens. Oh! It's a comic. <laughs> yes, it exists. It's a comic. It's out this week. Like Roman, I loved hearing you describe something as groovy. <laughs> yeah, I, that was my follow-up You should also. travel back in time to the beginning of your buckshot rounds. Oh, I should. Comics. I should. I need Booster in here to help me. So... Uh, scores. Oh, yeah, yeah. New Superman, I will give that a... Uh, I'll give it a solid seven. Bug, I'll give an eight and a half. So with Bug, he was dead and tied to the source wall the whole time? Uh, with New not, Heart. Not quite. Not quite. I okay. mean, I mean, the villain tries to convince him that. And at one point, Bug was killed, I think, by Orion in an earlier continuity and I've still, that's still, I'm not sure if that actually happened. And that's that happened in Mr. Miracle? Yeah, he gets killed in Mr. Miracle, doesn't he? Was that in a recent Mr. Miracle? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I, I thought it was a couple issues ago. that. Oh. May have also happened before that, but I do think that he came and Mr. Miracle killed him. Oh. Or, sorry, uh, Orion killed Orion him. Orion killed him, yeah. Listen, Bug doesn't have it super huh. great. Well, he's still around in here. Cool. Have you, have you read very many other comics that have as many words as Bug? See, I... I I skimmed this Probably one. Probably not read that about many. I didn't even read the uh, page. the little thing in the back with the old Jack Cole character Midnight because mm. it's just it, the print is so tiny and I was like I don't have time for art's this. Art's pretty though. <laughs> yeah, the art's beautiful, but that two page thing in the back. Yeah. Sandy page. Brando. Mm -hmm. Here we are. It's you and me, looking down the barrel of this forty five. You pull that trigger. I'm ready for All it. All right, baby. <laughs> trigger. Go. <laughs> uh, first up, I got Samurai Jack, Quantum Jack, which is a miniseries they've been putting out about. Jacks from different realities, like different periods of time, like getting drawn together through some mysterious means. It's unclear what's going on, but he's been a different Jack each issue so far. And this Jack is a Jack that's piloting a Pacific Rim-style mecha robot to fight a kaiju, and it's pretty great. And it, and like it's like it's this whole struggle, like remembering how to do the controls for this robot that he's doesn't realize he's in because he's confused about who he is. But by the end of it, like, they slay the monster and it's all happy. And then he realizes that he uh, saved slaves of Aku so they could work again from the monster. Oh. And he's all like, oh. And it just kind of ends there and it's great. <laughs> um, but it's a uh, – I don't know where the series is going, but it's really fun diving into the, all these different jacks each time. Um I'm curious where it goes. It looks like the next issue is going to have him working in an office. <laughs> I think that is great. Kirby office. Mm. Um, I also read uh, the new Runaway series, number four, and it continues to be pretty dang good, but still pretty reliant on you reading like those first 
couple of volumes, the Brian K. Vaughn run. Um, but they, go, they get to see Molly in this issue, and Molly's great, and she has Pokemon cards. And, yeah, they're, and they're great. Oh, wow. I love Pokemon cards. Um, Jack gets an uh, 8, and Runaways gets an 8 as well. Roman, look at wow, this. I'm going to have to read this Jack. Preview yeah. for the next Jack issue. That is one of those Kirby layouts. Like just that back <laughs> thing there is a yeah. Kirby. So I didn't hear you say cool. Samurai Jack. I just heard something, something Jack. Samurai Jack, back to the past. Quantum Jack. <laughs> oh, okay. So this I was thinking that this was like uh, Jack of Fables. Oh. So it was like Jacks from all these different time continuums. Oh, I just watched the new Jack. Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to watch that, that for a it while. It was really good. Oh, the new Jack City? It. Yeah, New Jack City was really, really good. Can you good. stop, like, shitting all over our childhood <laughs> for one minute? <laughs> you just pull our New childhood Jack City wasn't in your childhood? I don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah, was, dude, it was, in the 90s. it was awesome. I've, I've heard it used in a rap song before, but I don't know. They, uh, it's appropriate. They give, them a lo- they give them a lot of closure. They do some real good stuff with Samurai That's Jack. I, me and Will have been craving it for a while, but just yeah. haven't gotten around to it. Um, Crazy Mike's video. Shout out Crazy Mike's video. Oh, the, they have it there? Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been there. I need there. to go there. It's been so long. <laughs> did, you, did you grade those? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. He did. I must have fallen asleep for a second or something. I'm getting old. I'm getting up there. It's okay. You're slipping. We all are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that moon base is made of ice, baby. Jeff, go. <laughs> Michael Cray, number three. Um, a lot of the things Django said, I like the art more than he does. I don't think it's great, um, but I, I think that it's absolutely serviceable. Nothing wrong with it. It gets the job done. I like the idea of this evil Barry Allen. I'm really happy that this whole thing takes place in a separate universe. Uh, Michael Cray seems like a, a, a cool character. I want to see more fucked up stuff happen to DC characters we know. The big one I want to talk about is Giants Number 1 by the Valderrama Bros. Mm. This is like a very Pacific Rim looking book. Whoa. It's got these amazing kaijus and really, really beautiful art in it. It's these two uh, brothers that did this as a blind submission to De- or Dark Horse um, with very little critique. They got the book passed through. Two kids on the streets, basically uh, post-apocalyptic world kaiju landed and are destroying everything but it's very very cool the two kids get separated at the end um i cared about them a lot and the art and the paneling and layout is it's really pretty i really dug it um aliens number four dead orbit james stoker wrote and drew this uh really beautiful i wish it hadn't taken months and months for it to come out after the the last of the series that took away quite a bit for it but it ends on a real sad aching dead orbit metaphor note grass kings number 10 this book is still amazing one of my absolute favorites but this one i read the last issue by reading the first like the two before it right immediately beforehand sort of chunk of three this i just read separately i really don't think it works as well on an issue to issue basis for me personally i love it a ton but i there's so much interconnection between the characters in the world that to get the most out of it it works really well to read it in a chunk so um yeah i i loved it but it it was i i got probably the least out of this than any of the issues so far i don't i never know how to stop that <clears throat> yeah it's not very clear i hey. love hearing it so i mean, <laughs> you can just leave it going for the whole podcast I will if you want also give michael cray number three a 7.5 uh, I do think the score would be higher if the art was better, um, but it it just does the job enough that the balance of text and writing is real nice. The, the TV tray on page three really took me out of the story. Like it is her lap, or she doesn't like her legs are paper thin or something. This is such a big deal, Django. It, it really <laughs> bothers me. TV cool. trays need to have some <clears throat> goddamn depth. Um, <laughs> I give Giants number one an eight point five. Things like just kind of my my sheer surprise of it weighs into that. The the niceness of the art weighs into that, and the fact that I cared about the two characters who had unique 
the writing was not as good as the art. Um, and Grass Kings, number 10, I give uh, 7.57. Probably my lowest score for any of the issues so far, and I do think that it's because I read it like so removed from... Like, I read the last three issues in a, in a row in one sitting, and that, like, maximized it. Because there's a lot of um, motifs and visual metaphors that are repeated in the issues that are in each arc. And so, speaking of uh, long waits, what do you give Dead Orbit? Oh, did I not just give it a score? I don't think so. Sorry. Been waiting months for that score, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I give the issue... Um, a 7.5, like, just based on the art, because I had pretty much forgotten mm-hmm. everything that was happening in the story. Yeah, I thought this was the weakest of the four, yeah. but I still loved the art, and, right. like, the end, by the end, it's Give the release really schedule rewarding. a two and a half. Yeah, and that really did factor in yeah. over like my... mostly for the first three issues. Yeah, and, like, I'm willing to wait for, like, good art, but... But I, I would make have it had, every like, three months instead of like once a month for the first three yeah. and then five months for Maybe, the last Yes, one. but if it yeah. had been spread out more like Headlop or something, that would yeah, have been better. Yeah, exactly. Um, God, what a buckshot round, boss. Yeah, did you guys see that, Jeff? Jeff just effortlessly did four books in a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, I thought well, I was going to do You had already three. covered Michael Cray. Yeah, that's true. You're welcome. Yeah. Team, teamwork. And I don't. I I wasn't very good at doing credits for people either. Oh no, I, I left them out. I, I don't got seconds for them. <laughs> <laughs> Fujim. So um, we got two final books here, and one of them I think Django should introduce because this is. <laughs> I love that all four of us read this book uh, naturally, and everybody was like, "Ew, Django's disgusting and smells <laughs> weird." Well, so this this was from uh, Black Mask. Uh, by M.L. Miller, so you know and the uh, artist was James Michael Why Not. I don't know if I trust that last name. Mm. Why not? Uh, Why not? With, with D. Cunniff on colors. Uh, it's called Grave Trancers, and it is visceral and gross and horrific. <laughs> it doesn't start off that gross. No. Well, it, it kind of lulled me into a false sense of like, oh, are, this is as bad as it's going to get, cutting people's heads off and like There are like lots of entrails on panel 1 and two decapitations on panel 1. I mean, that's just some that's just some gore. Yeah, that's just gore. We're used to that, Django. That's not as messed up as it gets. I read book. comics. Was it was it the was we all the, know what it was. The part where the mm-hmm. old lady that they meet at the graveyard that the brother and sister are going to visit their father's grave at, and they show up late at night, and the family is weird. Was it the grandma's big eyes? Because those those kind of freaked me out when I read was it. Was it her wrinkled lips? Her, it was, yeah, it was the, the wrinkled lips and the giant, perfectly circular eyes. Jeez. Was that what you guys are talking about? Well, even, even before that, I mean, the third page when we have this guy that apparently is taking some organic tissue from this gore on the table and mm-hmm. kind of melting it down and put it in the in the, uh, the receptacle of the gas mass and then snorting it. Getting high on it? <laughs> yeah, he heats it up to, I guess, liquefy some there's more. There's a, there's a skin, uh, like a face that's been torn off Yeah, on that page. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and what's with the crown of thorns around the gas? I was like, okay, this is some wild I'm shit. just joshing <laughs> with you guys. I know that it was the guy who uh, cradled the toilet and then licked the toilet seat Ugh. after the girl peed on I, it. That's, I can't that even... Was uh, that, was, that was hilarious. What no. If, <laughs> what if her legs were super clean and this bathroom was super clean? I don't care <laughs> how clean or dirty it was. It's a horrible thing to do. Okay. That's, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> it's <laughs> just her leg. <laughs> oh, no. It's such a creepy... 
gross, weird thing to do. To so I think it, I think that that scene actually did a really good job of setting up just how aberrant this family is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Like like this is this is a house full of people who have a graveyard that they just keep. They they. I, we don't know exactly what they're doing with the bodies. It seems like maybe they're making drugs out of them or eating them or something. Um, but when people come to visit their loved ones, they put fake fake headstones up. Oh, there's actually a Bernie Wrightson one in there. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they uh, this this brother and sister duo catch them, and then the family drags them down under, I'm assuming underground, and shoots them up with these crazy drugs that I'm pretty sure are made out of dead people. Mm-hmm. And and meth, it said. And meth. Yeah. And then and then he slams the needle into her eye, and it's such a gross picture. Mm. D- do they? Right, right there? Yeah, yeah I wasn't sure about that scene. Like, if that was eye? of, like, hallucination or a... The boy's eye? Yeah, that was, was... I thought it was Anthony's eye. He slammed Yeah, but isn't into. Anthony still not dead, even at the end of the issue? Apparently he's not. I thought he was after the needle of the eye thing. So I think the, the needle in the eye was a hallucination. It was gross, no matter what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This this reminded me of uh, uh, the Rob Zombie movies, like mm. Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. A um, little bit of like Hills Have Eyes from the ninety or from the late mid mid two thousands. So a big part of this issue, the first like five pages as a sort of gathering information, a thing that sort of keeps coming back to is when. Some people, the people who were around for the death of Paul Ted Bundy, is that who it was? Yeah. yeah. Um, Local celebrity Ted Bundy. Yeah, his, like, something went wrong in the execution of him. Some of the smoke, like, went up or something, and the people who were in the facility at the time inhaled some of that, and a lot of them had, like, really fucked up nightmares and couldn't sleep for several days, and they mm-hmm. keep saying, this is true, I'm, I'm telling you this is a thing. Uh, so, like... I think a big theme of this is basically people using dead bodies to, as a as a drug. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ingesting it. Well, the first two examples are through smell, but yeah. Yeah, and well, the third example. But when you combine anything <laughs> with a little bit of meth, yeah, you can just shoot <laughs> it up, or however the methers do it. Yeah. So right away, it's a, it's a pretty fascinating and unique idea. Fascinating is a word for it. <laughs> I'm I'm I feel like da- Braden Jeff I think Braden is telegraphing his score. <laughs> I think I think I think Braden's got a lot of good I mean stuff to stay. I think Braden's a good boy and I, doesn't I, like I, this bad comic. I think it's a great comic. Do you? I hated it though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my favorite things. <laughs> um a thing for me like I don't process these black mask books the way I process other books and it's not consciously or it's not intentionally but like I don't I don't know the art in them has been so unique lately that I don't even like look at it as like panel to panel storytelling the way I look at other things like I didn't process it the way like I processed Judas that the art is both a lot more simplistic but also very stylized and I like this one um the the one about like the dying something the the girl who had the the child we we did it on the podcast I didn't read the oh um, beyond the dreadful space or dread there's I, nothing there the, there's wait, nothing there not that the one, one about the homeless people Dr- the dregs no that one was great um the dregs. this is terrible radio but no it was you know like the girl there was the scene where like the carrot is thrown into the gun 
And like she, like one of her children has died, and she's like hallucinating maybe this children having died. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, beautiful dr- canvas. Yeah, beautiful canvas yeah. is what it was. Um, we we got there, guys. Yeah, we did. <laughs> nice work, everybody. Um, but yeah, like <clears throat> the carrot and the gun was what got it. Yeah. Well, that was the part that because like I had forgotten reading it when I was looking through it a few days ago. But I don't know. I Space Riders is part of like they just they they're mm. kind of comics from a different time and a different place, and I don't really know how to describe it, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. This book just had a really weird tone, and I think that maybe part of me could criticize the art, but then I don't, like I said, I don't classify like other things, so I just feel like the art is kind of perfect for this weird corner. I don't know. It. I, yeah, that's neither here nor there. It's just that these weird, these Black Mask books sort of sit in a weird category for me of unlike any other book, and I classify them sort of differently. They, so. uh, yeah. they smell a little different, too. Yeah, oh yeah, they, they have right. matte covers and stuff. Yeah, I, there, there's they a, smell a little bit like olive oil or tabbouleh or something. The paper stock feels different. Like Braden, I think this was a, a good comic um, in terms of how, how it was executed. I don't know if it's for me. I will keep reading it. Yeah, did you read the, the thing at the end? I did. I, the the yeah. pirouette preview? No, I did that I too. That was that, that looks fucked awesome. up. Yeah, dude. That was yeah. beautiful. Um, but no, like he talks about like how he knows it's it's fucked up and like this gross stuff and like asking you reader to like take the plunge with him and it'll be worth it. But I don't I don't think I'm willing to take that plunge. Yeah, like, and, and I don't think I have to. And I think that I don't feel bad for not doing. Yeah, it. no, exactly. And in his writing of that right up in the end, he's he sort of talks about like, is this book supporting drug use? Is it? Saying don't do drugs, like this whole joke j- or book is yeah. really non-judgment based. That 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 intro is a little weird. Like I didn't feel like there was any like push one way or the other on drugs. Really, I thought it was more just about dead people and weirdos. Yeah, yeah and yeah, is it is it endorsing licking toilet seats? No, no, he just nobody says, knows. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. I don't know, and and I think the drug aspect of it will become a bigger part as the yeah. series goes on. But you know, and. and but ultimately, the drug part is, is only one instance of what he says there. But he just says, like, this isn't judging or pigeonholing anybody. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It's real gross, but it also, like, you know, it reminds me kind of of, like, Slasher that Django's been reading. Just sort of, like, gross, weird, ooky. But some people want to read that, and there's no judgment on that. Like, I'll make that book. I think Slasher's uh, more more dialed in than this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I did really, I really like it. I'm going to give this uh, seven and three quarters. And I'm going to give, uh, prematurely, I'm going to give Pirouette an eight and a half. Because mm. that yeah. preview just looks gorgeous. Same writer, but the art in that oh, is yeah. amazing. I'm going to give this one a 7.5 myself. I think that everything about it was pretty good. And it, was, it wasn't, there weren't like enough text at points to make me not want to be reading it. And the art was interesting. Everything about it was interesting and it just kept me going. Yeah, it really, yeah, it really kept. I mean, you guys, there's no page numbers here, but there's a there's a page that's I hadn't noticed this when reading it, but it's unlike the panel layouts, unlike any of the other pages, where it's it's close-ups of the creepy little brother or whatever that's using his trowel to quickly plaster over a previous tombstone existing there with these people's families' names and try and doctor it up so it looks like they actually did bury who they were supposed to bury, that our main characters are there to visit. But it goes from a close-up of the, his spade to they're sitting in this, the dining room and the mother is serving them tea to try and stall them. And it goes back to his spade, back to the tea, and she's but her dialogue is talking over this whole sequence. And then it goes back to him coming back in the room 
to get them. And it's like, wow, that was really well done. And it was also like it was well done, and and like I didn't know intuitively which way to read it. Oh. And I think that worked totally fine because the because the hanging narration worked. You could read it yeah. in any order. But like that's kind of what I mean. Like these books are kind of doing their own thing always. Like there's not much trace of the nine panel grid in here anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and the arts. I know what you were saying earlier about the. Uh, it's kind of a in a way a callback to. I mean, there's a pulp feel to some of this stuff. There's an EC Comics feel to some of it. There's a Bernie Wrightson feel, early '70s horror comics to it. There's the weird little things like. This brother, the the grave digger, we don't know why, but his mouth, something horrible must be going on with his mm. mouth because it's bandaged up and he, and they don't, this isn't part of the story, but they show a couple times he's drinking a juice box mm. through a straw through his nose. He's yeah. inhaling it because his it mouth doesn't work. It wasn't good. <laughs> and when he drops it, the juice coming out of the juice box looks boogery. Mm. Oh, does it? I didn't see that. Where's that? Yeah. It's juice. Uh, what do you give, Braden? Uh... Zero out of ten. Please don't buy this horrible book. <laughs> it's oh man, no. I I got to that toilet page and I, I almost stopped reading there. I, I I mean I stopped reading for a second there. And I was, That's a fucking ten out of ten right there. So uh, is it, I guess I'm curious about your zero out of ten. It's uh, I I don't feel uh, qualified to to rate this book. It's, okay. Uh, it's, we just it's, count that as a ten. Because you also said you think it was good at doing what it was doing. Sure, it's if you if you're into this <clears throat> super gross, weird stuff that you're and you're willing to take that plunge, go for it. I think you'll enjoy it. But boy, I'll I'll stick to the quote unquote safe comics. I guess I don't know. It's uh. Well, I guess I'm just curious. Like, what would you give it out of ten if Django was asking about it? Uh, I mean, like well, on an objective. If Jay was asking me ten out of ten, I mean, he would he would text an entire group and say that sick fuck Django is gonna love this comic. Yeah, we all read this and <laughs> dealt with it in our own way of making sure everyone knew that Django <laughs> needed to read this book. <laughs> Roman, did you give it a number? Um, I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought oh, I thought you did. That. That's funny, and it's so interesting that what I mean the scene that might have disturbed me. Oh, there it is, the booger juice. Um, that stirred me the most, but it was maybe like the brother getting hit square on in the face with a shovel. <laughs> that bothered yeah. me more than the toilet looking. It's like, like it hurt. that, yeah, like the, the weird toilet stuff, the like almost like rapey, like drug injecting stuff. It's just like, I, I don't, I don't need to, I don't want to read that. It's, uh, it's gross and bad. <laughs> I don't know that I want to read it either. I hear it. it I'll report back, a, boys. Yeah. It reminds me of a movie uh, that that I can't remember what it was called. It was the one where these kids try to rob a blonde guy. and Was it the one where he's deaf or he's blind? Yeah, he's blind. Yeah, and don't like, breathe. Yeah, don't breathe, and, which was like a pretty good movie up to like a certain very disturbing point where I stopped watching and like, wanted yeah. to throw up. Like at, at a certain point, I feel like it's like, torture porn like just for torture yeah. sake and like more gratuitous than it needs to be you know who i think would like don't breathe yeah yeah old dusty old dusty yeah the old pervert himself <laughs> roman uh if you still got to get this number if somebody oh, yeah. forced yeah. you to give a number about this book what would it be <laughs> oh i'm gonna give it a 10 all right <laughs> <laughs> i i really like this i mean there's i love the art i love how when they're stoned with this bio drug whatever they're their eyes turn black, and they've got like this Kirby crackle going on. Man, I read this in a dark room. I obviously didn't look close enough at the art. I love when the couple panels that show what it looks like when people are stoned on this thing. Just those panels are 
that one's almost Ditko-esque. And then this one, oh, yeah. the guy turns around and he's like melting on fire, or at least the person think, perceives it that way. And just, this art's amazing. I was really hoping Jago wouldn't have read it until tonight and I could have recorded your reaction when you got to that page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The way he smashes her face into the dead body. Uh, Did you hear the way he said that? Gross. That was just yeah. like a guy who likes to see <laughs> like, someone's yeah. face smashed in every no, once you know in a while. I didn't even think about those scenes of the smoke without <laughs> and that, and that great sound of the cringing. Scorch. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing about it is like these are all uh, like I've read a lot of horror comics, and I've I've read all hundred issues across, and all the spinoffs, and I've seen a, a pretty good handful of horror movies. But I don't think I've ever seen someone lick a toilet seat like that. I don't think I've ever seen someone take a shovel to the face that satisfyingly. <laughs> and I know I've never seen somebody get smashed into a dead body like that. So this is like some yeah. new, really gross stuff. And when you when you encounter enough horror. And kind of gore porn books and movies, it all gets kind of same. This it's is that gross, kind of, but it's like you, this is innovative. If you get yeah. off on weird, yeah. gross stuff, this is like finding out about some really weird new porn, and then spending <laughs> three hours on the internet trying to find the dark channels it's, behind Red Tube. That it's get not you there. even that, man. It's like it's like you've got you've got somebody who's being more creative in a less creative environment. Like this this kind of story is not high art and so people get really lazy with it and this person is doing some extra new things in kind of like a lowest lowest form of storytelling i think i like that low form of storytelling yeah. so i mean yeah i like yeah that. yeah that's beautiful and i don't, I don't mean any of that in a negative way it's Did garbage we get it and I love oh we got the 10 yeah right. i'll <laughs> give it a 10 this is the book i mean i enjoyed a lot of books this week this was the one i enjoyed the most and am most curious to read the second issue all right so roman liked this gross toilet licking comic more than he liked <laughs> mr miracle number five by tom king and rich mitch garrett's mitch garrett's rich mitch yeah oh. he's doing pretty well <laughs> <laughs> i don't um, I, I don't um i i read all my books here at the store and that's awesome. And so that means that some of you people who buy books, those are the ones that I read. Um, <laughs> I don't... Mark them up. At, at some point, like starting to work at the comic shop, you're like, do I buy everything or do I not buy things? The way I do it is I, I buy collections of things I wouldn't normally buy. So I read as many issues and I buy collections. I buy everything. And Django's the opposite end of it. So he, yeah, he, he takes every single cover of Batman that comes out home. And it is... Bringing a huge grin to my face right now. <laughs> Listen, fucker. <laughs> and I'm the other end of that where I buy I buy almost nothing. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and that's me. Like, I, I, I don't buy many of the issues because I just wouldn't have room to collect them all. I will be taking my B cover of Mr. Miracle mm. number five home, though. Did yeah. I say Miracle Man? I think I you said do Miracle a lot, Man. Mr. Miracle Man. I mean, he is a man. Mr. Manager of Miracle miracles. Man. So this, this is continuing this series, you guys. Um, this one didn't give me anxiety like the last one, but it gave me a little... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was like the lightest of all the issues, and it was yeah. still pretty fucked up and dark. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to use the word bone doggy, but <laughs> I really liked it. Boondoggle. Yes, was sorry. It, was it the Miracle Man mask in the center of the nine-panel grid? That was a great page. No, man, it was uh, it was several <laughs> panels, but uh, it was, was that it? panel and that panel. It was that panel. It was. I have a real, real romantic uh, infatuation with Big Barda now. <laughs> um, Big Barbara. 
in the, just in this series, it's been been growing. But I just love this big, protecting, hardcore woman that like takes care of this like little scot free guy. He's such a dork. And she's just like, <laughs> we got one night left. Let's bone. Like she just walks in and like throws her bra off. And that was more of a sex scene than I thought you would get in a mainstream DC book. But then he takes her to the carnival, and they like he cheats to to get her a Wonder Woman doll. Yeah, I really like that scene where somebody's trying to take their picture because it's got like the yellow squares, as if like you're looking it's at the whole thing through an iPhone or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like. I, I honestly, this was not one of my most favorites of the series. I did like it a lot. I think Mitch Garris is so good at like erotic mm-hmm. art, like showing things without showing anything. Um, like mm-hmm. his rooftops issue with like Catwoman and Batman was awesome. It's it's I I really like it. Um, but yeah, I don't know this. I was not my yeah like I said not my most favorite. It it didn't take the plot forward in the way that like the previous issue did. It was no. basically Scott Free's last day before he has to go back to. Um, apocalypse hype all father yeah for his execution oh but it wasn't no thanks to barda naked barda beating up bad guys and good guys i mean kind of good guys his agent seemed like like a stanley stand-in yeah but that's kind of who it is oh yeah flashman yeah at at the beginning of this it's sort of scott free is saying like i could stay like i could i could escape this sentence i don't have to do this to big barda and she's like i don't want to be like i'm not your way out Mm -hmm. and so he's like okay cool like i could escape but i'm not going to escape because you're not asking me to and yeah that's the by the end of the issue she just says stay and that's the final page which is awesome it still has this just weird nightmarish quality to me like all of the issues have had this weird nightmarish quality where i don't know what's real and what's going on and where we are and if big barda is even good or bad like the the whole page during the sex scene of her like crazy facial expressions like was almost menacing at times and then she just disappears for two i'm not sure what that was but i wouldn't know i've never i'm a good bible boy yeah, you're uh, there, yeah. <laughs> kind of a master of the bible i'm a master bibler bible man but yeah i, I it's it's so hard for me to put my feet down in this reality on like every level that it it makes me uncomfortable and kind of scared as i'm reading it like i've never not trusted every aspect of what's going on in a book like i do for this book i thought this was the most grounded issue of them like i felt that kind of the least like i feel like because it was just kind of going through his final like day or two yeah his execution like it yeah i agree uh, except for me like it would be grounded if anything before it made sense so it's grounded assuming barda is good or assuming she's bad or it's grounded assuming that he is leaving or not leaving like but for me i don't know like did he kill himself is this the afterlife like what is this place that they're doing this all i think we can trust his agent who says you tried to kill yourself and so now we can instead of just having you disappear we can say that you actually killed yourself and let people try to decide if you're going to try to come back from the dead instead of going to your execution 
right? Like he was mm-hmm. he was trying to spin it into a big event. And I and I dig that. I still just like <clears throat> when you're dealing with things like Dark Side, like you got Grant Morrison Dark Side, like the new gods and that stuff, like they're physical living embodiments of concepts or ideas. Yeah. And so, like, it's kind of how it's spun in each different series. And, like, yeah, I guess I just don't know which level of this ride we're getting off on for the narrative to make sense. And I, I know that will all make sense when it's done. <laughs> but as for now, like, it has this really kind of menacing uncertainty to me. Like, that's that's just... There's, there's only one panel in this book that you can see the color of Barda's eyes. I kept looking Maybe for Maybe two. Her. She's got blue eyes in this. When she says stay, she's got blue eyes okay. on the last panel. I um, told Sam that for Halloween next year, I I want to be Big Barda, and I want her to be scot-free. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, my God. It's going to be adorable. Because <laughs> I'm tall like her, and she's short. I'll be Funky Flash, man. <laughs> we could do a shop Mr. Miracle costume. I'm going to be Orion. <laughs> oh, God. You are, absolutely, <laughs> you are absolutely the Orion to my Big Barda. Ashton can be Light Ray. Oh my God! He would be the best light ray. <laughs> well, then who is Roman? Uh, High Father, All we, Father, all, Dark Side. I'll be fast back. <laughs> Bug. Who is Dark Side? Dark Side is. is. <laughs> you beat me, you guys. <laughs> that was it. very funny. I want to be Beautiful Dreamer from the Forever People because she has an awesome, awesome one-piece dress with the, the, the fringe on the bottom and the top, and I love fringe. Roman, please <laughs> tell me about what you thought about this issue. I haven't read it yet. I can't. Ooh! <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alerts. Oh. Podcast blunder. Man, no wonder I wasn't hearing stuff from him about my bone doggy comment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to read this tonight, oh, I, I've man. Got it, I've got it at home. Okay. Yeah. Don't take my B cover. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Is that B for Barda? It's B for Big Barda, B, yeah. B for Bone Doggy. And B, for Bone Doggy. B for Butt. There's um, no way to disentangle that from the final edit of this podcast, so you're welcome. Bone Doggy? <laughs> yeah, it's deep in here at this mm. point. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Mitch Gerard's, I think, what I like most about his art in these is uh, the facial expressions, like... Just like, especially when Mr. Miracle's talking to his agent or having his agent talk at him and just kind of being clearly unsatisfied the whole time. And like, uh-huh. even with his mask on, like one of the very last pages, like each panel, his facial expression is almost the entirely same throughout. And I love it. It's just yeah. that kind of res- like upset about something, but like resigned to not doing anything about it. Like, and I think he nails that emotion really well. Yeah, I think he, he does a really awesome job of like keeping everything in a panel the same and having slight changes mm-hmm. speak a lot. I, I guess speaking to my uncertainty, like I didn't really even process that guy as his agent. I processed it as like the narrator of the story who like yeah. keeps showing up saying like, are you going to take the suit? Like the, you know, the paranoid pill and like all of like that stuff. Like, same guy. I know. And so that that's what I mean. Like he exists outside of the story and he exists within the story. So I keep thinking a big crux of this Mr. Miracle story is him being aware of the story and escaping the story or escaping the fiction of it. And because of that, I'm never really able to believe the story itself because I believe that this book is that... It's straddling that line of being in a story and being outside of the story. And instead of being either of those things, it's like the, the line indicating the difference between the two. And I really like that. I love that. But it, it doesn't give me a sense of, like, ease or resolution. The whole time I'm just sort of like, I still don't really know. Well, he also, like, in the beginning, speaking of kind of twisty meta, he's hanging out with Jack Kirby's hands, mm-hmm. right? 
like in in the sidewalk. Oh yeah, that's, that's my favorite quote about comics. Yeah, kid, comics will break your back. Break your, your damn back, kid. Comics will break your damn back. <laughs> uh, that expression that he's making on the second to last page, Braden, mm-hmm. that's the same as the center panel on the very first page too. <clears throat> uh-huh. And I don't know, I, like I don't know. I feel like you could probably spend a hundred hours breaking down panel relationships in this series and mm. maybe or maybe not get anywhere with it. Cause there's like, there's a lot of things that seem meaningful, like the blood spatter on the Mr. Miracle poster on the, on the last page mm-hmm. and um, expressions that mirror each other. Probably even like where, when they're sitting at the watching the sunset, I think that that probably matches uh, panel layouts from the first issue where it would be dark side is wherever the sunset mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. right so i think you could you could break this comic down for ages and never quite although get there. if you go to that page that you just had open it's this double page of the nine panel grid and it's them sitting on a beach during sunset like the slight color change over each one of those panels because in the top left it's much brighter than it is in the bottom right of the second page yeah like it'd be subtly the sun sets in mm-hmm. the color palette and like that's pretty incredible that's uh who's doing that does mitch garrett's do all of the does he color the art? too <clears throat> i mean i'd make him if i could i wouldn't be surprised because he i see pictures of his like computer stuff no yeah he does colors nice yeah he's Clayton cows on letters and there are some cool letters in there I was going to give this a seven. I was going to give this seven seven big Barta helmets. Um, I love it. Uh, but now I'm going to give it a, a ten. I think this oh. this comic is it's too intricate not to get full marks every time. It's pretty great. It's um, not as good as the other ones, but it still gets a ten. Before we do any more scores, do you guys know what's wrong with Barta when they're at the sandwich shop? She doesn't like sandwiches. She's like she had like a test done. Or an appointment. I don't no, know. I think that's the cat or an she animal. Went, she went twice. Oh, I made an oh, Madam Tithi's their cat. Okay, 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 okay. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, no. Uh, ten out of ten. Yeah, I think it's great, dude. That scene where they're in the in the car and they're talking about listening to their oh, first their, song their or their song, song and it turns dude. out that their song is just people being tortured on apocalypse. Like <laughs> and like his his facial expression now, like near the end of it, is just like with people screaming. It's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that that made me laugh out loud. Really proud of how silly he is. Except for he's driving on the wrong side of the car. Well, he's rich. He can drive on whatever side he wants. Yeah, they're in Europe or something. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. Jeff, he's just no, getting a right. bowl of cabbage. No, they're, they're That's definitely not in America. America. They're like they're driving on a highway or something. There's I no think highways. They're in, in, yeah, they're in uh, California. I give it a nine point five. I I think this series is like masterful and amazing. And I did finish this feeling like. I didn't. It wasn't quite as impactful to me as the previous issue. So, uh, still amazing. Whoa, Roman! What Sorry, series was, of uh, facial was, expressions did you just I was, make? I was yawning without opening my mouth. Okay, God, <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. I was insane. I wish that that was recorded. No one will ever know what I just saw. Um, I don't even know what you just saw. Yeah, nine point five. I. It's it's absolutely amazing. I. I finished this, and I told Sam I cannot wait for this to come out as a big hardcover. Oh, yeah, with no ads, too. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve. Oh, yeah. There there are ads in this, aren't there? There sure are. And they're, God. <laughs> they're big. 
Uh, like we said earlier, if you have any feedback for us, uh, you should give us a call because we would love to hear from you here at the Perfectly Acceptable Comics Place podcast. Ooh, good words. Um, so yeah, uh, please, any questions or just anything at all. Some um, We had a really, really nice message from a listener that Django relayed to me yesterday, and it like made my day. So yeah, um, we would love to, you could write a rating on the old iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, uh, yeah. get a review in there. We're on Facebook, I post uh, when the when the podcasts go up, we put it on our website, thecomicsplace.com. If you someone could, was going to call, what would they, what number would it be? Uh, like a, a I'd give it a 10. Okay, yeah, if somebody <laughs> was going to get a 10, what number would they call? Oh, one six one nine. 663-7336 is the best number. Or you can just email an audio file to info at thecomicsplace.com. Or send us a letter at uh, 615 East Holly Street. Uh, that's not an address. 105 East Holly. 105? 105 East Holly. No, that's my address. Well, my, my number address. <laughs> See if you can put the pieces together. And find Brayden it. just <laughs> thought he lived at work. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff? Who does our music? Oh, man. Nick Waite does our music. So big thank you to Nick Waite for letting us use uh, a variety of his songs for our podcast. We'll probably be getting a batch of new ones. Uh, if you want to listen Ooh. to any more of his music, it's soundcloud.com slash Stemmingway, S-T-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y. Um, big thanks. Wonderful guy. Wonderful tunes. I am in love with the, like, 20 songs of his that I have on my computer that I keep putting on here. So I think a, we should uh, it's a good SoundCloud. do a... Do a Shout out to our future sponsor, Rocket Donuts. Future spo- sponsor, Rocket Donuts. Get us out of the Franz hell that um, we've been in, please. <laughs> oh, Brayden, Brayden just kicked I me. I like Franz. <laughs> <laughs> but um, looking at Judas and Grave Transfers, I think we should get a church to sponsor us. Oh, God. Fuck, I'm uh, never going Brayden near another church. <laughs> United Methodist Boys. That's mm-hmm. how we became such Bible there we thumpers. Go. There we go. Uh, listen, uh, I'm Jeff, and Justin, I heard you laugh about that uh, joke with uh, kids, comics will break your damn back. <laughs> I heard it, buddy. I know you laugh. I'm Django, and uh, Justin, I had a dream about you the other night that I'll whisper in your ear next time it's near. Dusty. <laughs> I'm Roman, and uh, Justin, I'm, I'm thrilled because I figured out the perfect gift to get you for Christmas. So so be prepared. I'm Braden, and are we just going to like theme our intros and outros based on what the first person says every time? I don't mean to I do that. So. I just I almost oh, I interjected we with you. it when we made the joke, and then the conversation <laughs> I went love, on. I mean, I love Justin. Um, but yeah, I haven't. Don't love I haven't dreamed about him too recently. Do you want well, to try that again? Here, let's do it. Sorry. <laughs> hey, um, I'm Jeff, and Justin. I heard you laugh about that hilarious goof we made about <laughs> comics will break your damn back. I'm Django, and uh, Justin. I like that our superhero team name can be Dusty and Justy. I thought we were trying to get out of the themed outro with this, though. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? Fuck you, I'm doing a team-up <laughs> That's great. theme. You and I super just, Justin, Justin just Wonder happens to be in activate it. activate form of Justin. Justy Dusty. <laughs> I'm Roman, and my favorite comic is, is the, the Brave and the Justin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brayden, and I'm off-brand, so deal with it. <laughs> <laughs>